dogs. Welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. As always, this is Cheeto Chibuye, and with me is none other than Keegan Chanel, and this is Dogs Off the Leash. <laughs> the off-season continues, and we just want to pick this up right where we left right. off in the last podcast. Um, a few things have changed since we last spoke, especially in regards to the NFL quarterback carousel. After the Colts decided to let go of Carson Wentz, they were in need, and the Deshaun Watson saga was, um, you know, about to come to a close, but a lot of teams were vying for his services. He ends up going to Cleveland. Baker Mayfield is out of a job, and the Colts ended up landing veteran Matt Ryan from the Atlanta Falcons, uh, their franchise quarterback, a, a beloved quarterback. They, they love him in Atlanta. I was surprised to see it happen. Um, 37 years old. Um, depending on who you are, there's a little bit of optimism in the move just in regards to the future. Me, I'm less optimistic, but Keegan, I just want your initial reaction or the chatter that you're hearing um, Matt Ryan leaving the city of Atlanta for Indianapolis. I think it's a shame it came to Matt Ryan actually being traded, but I felt that like the GM Thomas Dimitrov of the old, he's uh, no longer with the team for good right, reason. Right. And the management leading up to that move, like they were so hit and miss in constructing a roster that they really kind of screwed over Matt Ryan's future. This is a guy that had been with the team for so long that, you know, these were like long-term plans, a uh, long time coming. And when you mess up on things that take time like that, uh, they put they put the Falcons in a situation where with the money they had to move around, the contracts they doled out to uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, well worth it players, but overall just the juice wasn't worth the squeeze, and they made an untenable situation where they needed more guys. They had too many players that were ended up being bust, and it was going to take a couple years to get back, so – you know, as much as Matt Ryan means to Atlanta, as much as he's done for the Falcons, the success he has had, he just – he's not a, a dynamic enough player at this point in his career, as good as he still is, to carry the team on his back. Like, maybe he could have in the first, like, I don't know, seven years of his career. So, I feel like for the Falcons, it's a – I don't know if it's a good move, but I think it's a move that they needed to make. And for Indy and Matt Ryan's – future it could be a positive situation for both of them that they kind of you know found the uh the fit that was gonna help at this stage of where they're at you know Indy wants some consistency and a proven leader someone that can uh kind of operate in a in their system I guess they see my, Matt Ryan fitting Matt Ryan's kind of on the twilight of his career wanting to end on a high note and you know it's a shame that it never could be and uh you know, the, I guess the, the pinnacle was when the Falcons were up at halftime at the Patriots, and it's all kind of been downhill since then. Uh, you know, Arthur Smith has plans in mind, and we knew when a new coach was coming to Atlanta that things might not be 
uh, you know, every position could kind of be up for grabs. Matt Ryan was a great fill-in for that first year, but Arthur Smith wants to go in a different direction. So I see it all. I see, I understand it. It's a shame that Matt Ryan had to end it that way. Uh, I thought they'd handled the whole last couple of weeks pretty poorly, uh, given that they kind of jumped at Deshaun Watson, just kind of kicked Matt Ryan out the door. But a lot of fans have been frustrated for a while, myself included. I love Matt Ryan as a player, as a dude. He's a good guy. But, um, you know, he's led and most sacked player in the last few years. He's a Peyton Manning, stand in the pocket, not very mobile kind of guy. And he's a great uh, a great quarterback. But the offensive line for the Falcons is terrible. And it's so bad that he's just had no time to really throw the ball. And when that's the case, we got to have someone that moves their feet. And uh, I know they picked up Marcus Mariota. So that's just kind of like my – quick synopsis on the situation I felt like it was necessary and it's a damn shame it had to end that way but here we are and it at the end of the day football is business Ooh, so okay. that's my I wanted to stretch real quick before I knock this one out <laughs> <laughs> all right so in the last podcast uh for those of you paying attention I wanted to give a lot of praise to the Braves and Atlanta United because their front offices seem to get it to move on from Freddie, Freddie Freeman when he is still an amazing player. And it does suck that uh, he did land with the Dodgers. That happened recently since live podcast. Hate that he goes to the Dodger, but good for Freddie. Um, apparently, that's what the family and the wife wanted. So be it. But to make that move and to go get um, Olsen, a younger player, same position, who could be as good, if not you know, a well-rounded player for this team, it sucks, but that's good business. That's GM of the year type moves. The thing I hate most about definitely now the Falcons are on top. It used to be the Hawks, but they've since kind of changed their ways. The things I hate the most about the Falcons and why I can't support this franchise is the front office. They're absolutely terrible. They make moves too late. They, they don't make cohesive moves in a team setting. And sometimes they miss on coaches and it really hinders the talent that this roster used to have. Think about what this roster used to be. It's in, it's in shambles. Now the franchise, in my opinion, is in shambles now. And I hate it for like, I love to support the team being that I'm from Atlanta. I have no allegiances to any pro teams, but it, they make it hard sometimes. And yeah. I wanted to read this tweet that I saw from L Duncan uh, from ESPN, uh, that hard Georgia fan, uh, all Georgia sports besides tech. She, she tweeted that the Falcons should have moved on from Matt Ryan a couple of years ago and to do it now um, while getting nothing back and having <laughs> the largest dead cap, because they, they picked up 40 million in dead cap money uh, in history is laughable. Ha everyone's happy for Matt, Matt Ryan, but this organization, I just don't understand it. And then for Matt Ryan, you get, you traded him for peanuts and pocket change, a third rounder because you only because you waited too long. And then you go and sign Marcus Mariota, uh, <laughs> a bona fide backup. If he's a stopgap, sure. But this season's a wash already. Calvin Ridley's out. Um, the development of your other players, Kyle Pitts is going to struggle because of that. This team is going to be absolute trash. I'm not watching any. I'm not watching any games. I'm not going. That that's out of the question. I was really hoping maybe if you get Deshaun, we could talk about that. But I'm just not really sure about what Atlanta's got. And then I hate to be Skip Bayless on this point, but I feel like it's got to be said because Falcons fans don't want to listen as it stands right now. Matt Ryan is, is not a Hall of Famer. Are his numbers comparable to other Hall of Famers? Absolutely. 
Did he have an MVP, a great MVP season? Yeah. But my point is, I put a lot of that on Shanahan, and I say that all the time. Matt Ryan wasn't as good before Shanahan got there. Hasn't been that good since. So it makes perfect, it makes perfect sense to me why he shined. And I think that's why when he goes to Indianapolis, he can have that similar success. Frank Wright is a great offensive coordinator, head coach now of the Colts. He was supposed to revive Carson Wentz's career. I'm pretty sure he can really work with Matt Ryan. And then that defense yeah. is all set in stone. So good for the Colts and being in win-now mode. But the Falcons, I don't know. I think Arthur Blank's trying to make moves, but they're just missing right now. And it's going to take time. So um, because there's no quarterbacks in this draft that you really want to go with your first round pick anyways. But at least the Falcons do have a bunch of draft capital, capital, I think nine picks this year. And then I'm sure they have some in the future. So they have a chance to at least stop the bleeding in some regards to that. But um, time will tell. I, I feel for the Falcons fans. But um, but again. Matt Ryan's off to Lucas Oil Stadium, where the Dogs just recently won their national championship. So maybe uh, there will be some juju rub off on Matt Ryan. And uh, speaking of UGA, I wanted to hop into spring practice. The Bulldogs have actually just wrapped up their fourth day of spring practices, and it seems like things are going well. Uh, Keegan, before I kind of hop into uh, some news about jersey numbers and uh, some of my observations, um, how do you feel about the spring so far? Uh, I did miss you last week on the podcast. Like for you, what is, what does spring mean? And what is it that you want to see from this program moving forward? Well, Georgia still has an abundance of talent. We, we know this, but replacing the personalities, the leadership, the leadership, the, the flow and the, uh, the cohesion, the, the chemistry is going to be the biggest challenge. So it's a shame that a lot of players are out. You know, we saw like a lot of teams suffer during the COVID years. The ones that were able to figure out ways to build that cohesion, to build the chemistry, they really shined. That they had a lot of returning guys. Those teams seemed to have a, you know, a head start advantage going into that COVID year because mm -hmm. the lot of practices were cut short and the teams that didn't seemed to suffer. And I felt like our season uh, took a, a slight step back because of that. No excuses. That said, spring practice is all about building the chemistry seeing who's going to step up, who's going to be that leader for this season. And it seems to me that Georgia's got plenty of guys that really could be those players. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, seeing who steps up. And I think that's, you know, we've seen it kind of the news clippings. Kirby was talking about the linebacker room and, you know, like, there's so many talented guys, but like in the last few years, people really had to fight to earn their position. Facts. And this, this season, there's some inheriting going on that that can take uh, a team. A team can take a back seat, a back step uh, with that. But, you know, sometimes players step up and they they show that they've earned it. So that that to me is what this spring practice is about, is just seeing who's going to step up where the chemistry, you know, what kind of patterns and chemistry is going on. And then for us fans, you know, it's reading into what competitions are hot and heavy and which positions are a little bit more set. And uh, so that, that to me is exciting. It's uh, it's a shame Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers are out, but it looks like Eric Gilbert stepping right in on tight end, his natural position. So those are kind of the things I'm looking at going into spring practice and just hoping that we can build that momentum, get that chemistry rocking and see 
which of the players that we've been reading about, waiting about the last couple of years, waiting in the wings, which one of those are going to step up, exceed the hype, meet mm-hmm. the, you know, meet the opportunity. So that's what it's about for me. What, what do you, what position battles are you really looking at or what headlines are you looking at or what kind of news, uh, what kind of information are you want Intel would you be seeking out if you could, if you could uh, pick Kirby's brain right now, what would you be wanting to ask him? Um, so uh, I, I think you make a lot of good points about, you know, what's expected at the, what's expected right now, what people are looking for. Um, knowing Kirby, he's, he's, he's a good CEO. So he's concerned about everything, but I think for him from a football player's perspective, he's worried about the defense. And I would say, um, he's most intrigued with the inside linebacker position and his DBs. Given that um, he's got uh, what's what's his coach name? Um, Uribe. No, not the actual Uribe. DB coach, but um, uh, why am I forgetting his name? His. It's uh, okay. A lot of names. Yeah, it'll come back. Anyways, so the DB position, given that they're filling a few holes, but they are returning a bunch of players. So I'm sure he's interested in that. And then also the inside linebacker. Some of the things I'm hearing as far as observation goes, I talked about last podcast, Jamon uh, Dumas Johnson, and he's already got a nickname. Anytime you go through spring practice some new players are hopping in and getting nicknames, they're calling him pop. So for when it sounds like he's uh, doing a little bit of, if you remember the safety, uh, uh, Craig blue, right. Greg Blue, um, just how he used to hit people, turnover prone. Like he had a pick six in the UAB game last year. This kid is a turnover machine. I'm really looking for him to solidify a position that needs it. Um, and then the DBs. And then for me, honestly, offensive line is always something to watch just because it's such a cohesive unit that the success hinges on that. Right now, it looks like they've got Broderick Jones at left tackle, who played really well in the Alabama game, Xavier Truss at left guard. SVPG still holding it down at center. I don't expect that to change. Um, Warren Erickson at right guard and then Warren McClendon at right tackle. Uh, Some names that I am looking forward to see if they can crack that rotation. Definitely Michael Morris, Amarius Mims, and then Tate Ratledge when he gets back from from injury. So honestly, dude, (laughs) if you think about it, the two deep on our offensive line could start anywhere anywhere in the country like anywhere in the country like either they're lower stars and massive bodies or they're generational talents who are young and haven't had their chance to shine yet so um very confident offensive line but i would love to see uh the road grading machine that we end up having for this run game that is going to be awesome so um so yeah, I read Gilbert out there and I wanted to just point out a few things, which is fun for some people getting to know the 19 enrollees, mid-year enrollees that we have, I think most mm-hmm. in the country, uh, some they're starting to get Jersey numbers. Right. So I just wanted to point out some, uh, some players, uh, speaking okay. of a read Gilbert at tight end, he is wearing 14. So that'll be nice to see, but Gunnar Stockton is also wearing a number 14 Jersey and then Oscar Delt another tight end who should be like the next phenom when he gets his chance number four Jersey. And then uh, count on this dude, bear Alexander. Uh, he is the framework of a Jordan Davis, but maybe even more talented. He's coming in at number 99. You see a defensive wow. tackle wearing number 99, just, Hey, <laughs> you've been warned. So, you know, proceed, <laughs> proceed with caution, proceed with caution. And then That's a couple true. other uh, five-star defensive players, 
uh, coming in this year. Malachi Starks, wearing number 24. Shout out Sean Marino, my favorite UGA player of all time. And then Michael Williams, who is going to be a beast, uh, the five-star who ended up coming to UGA over USC. Um, so no huge news, just a few updates. And then for those who really pay attention to recruiting, there is uh, a lot of people visiting right now, but the biggest name that's been on campus and will probably be the biggest name in 2023, Arch Manning. Mm-hmm. Him and his dad visited. And yes, this is, uh, this is the nephew of uh, Peyton, Peyton, and Eli. Peyton and Eli. So um, he's already starting to show that he is a Manning for a reason uh, as the number yeah. one quarterback, number one player in the class. Um, but what I, what I didn't know was that he's going to have a pretty interesting recruitment. If you know the family, it's maybe not so interesting, but they, they want this to be an old-fashioned uh, recruiting situation. Talking like 1970s, no social media, no hype. Oh, hi. The, the family really wants to go and find a school that's really about football, that is, you know, bread and butter, like a real program that's going to help him develop where he can actually enjoy being a college student, get a real education, um, you know, a good college town, good coaching, good offensive coordinator good QB minds to help him develop for the NFL. And if that doesn't scream the university of Georgia, then I don't know what does. So if that's what they're looking for, I think Georgia's in a really good position to impress. And um, he's the type of kid, like when he, when he picks a location, that's it. Recruitment is over. It's done. Um, There's not going to be a whole lot of transfer portal stuff with him. Like he's going to win a job wherever he goes. Um, So it's exciting to see that UGA, you know, a lot of times teams struggle with success. Kirby's not built like that because his mindset is not focused on success. He, he's learned how to get there, and I think he's learned how to sustain it as well. Um, yeah, any any thoughts for you coming on spring or uh, Arch Manning in particular that you want to? Well, the, Arch, the Arch Manning saga, you know, we, we had uh, when he visited in the fall, I forget which game it was. I think it was South Carolina. South Carolina. Okay, so, so we had fans with the uh, arch, like arch <laughs> painted on their chest. Right. Arch. I mean, you don't see that. Part of it's because of his talent. Part of it's because of the brand, uh, the the Manning name. I the think name. It would be really good for Georgia to get in on the Manning sweepstakes. Uh, for if anything, just the publicity of it all. Yeah. You know, people will be paying extra attention to the dogs, even if they're having an off year. They're gonna be paying attention to the quarterback was Archie Manning. So I love that uh, he's interested and he's definitely a, uh, he's definitely got Georgia on his list. And it's a small list. And I've heard tale that he's going to be deciding early just to uh, kind of stamping out the hype yeah, and the noise. just go ahead and get it done. And sometimes you see that with uh, the elite quarterbacks, you know, they, some of the guys enjoy it and then others would just rather move on with their senior season and be present with their high school teams. So yes. Uh, I, and I, I kind of like almost would prefer a player to be like that. I mean, I take all the, the good players we can get, but I like a heads down, ready to work kind of guy, no matter how good they are. And honestly, that's what you see at the elite level. There's a lot of guys that come in with more arm talent, but you know, Tom Brady, they call him the goat for a reason. And it's, it's guys like him that are mm-hmm. willing to study and put their head down. So I hope that Georgia gets him. He is a, an elite talent and, as far as I'm concerned, uh, as good as it would be 
to have him on the field, just something about that Manning name would be nice. I think it'd be beautiful for uh, beating Tennessee and Ole Miss with a Manning at quarterback. Wouldn't that be great? And you know they're going to schedule Ole Miss. You'll, they'll schedule and, Ole Miss for sure. And in Tennessee, just picked up a big recruitment in that class. I did five see star that. QB. Uh, uh, he's got like a Hawaiian last name. I'm not sure, but you guys will know who I'm talking about soon enough. And uh, you know that kind of changes the landscape of things. And I mean, just what Georgia's I don't know if you call it a problem or issue I mean we've had some great teams had some really good quarterbacks but if he did come we would have three potentially five-star QBs lying in wait yeah you know what I mean which makes it interesting I don't think he's gonna shy away from uh from any kind of competition so yeah I'm, I'm excited about that as far as spring practice goes anything else I'm just kind of looking at, I'm ready for another G day. Hopefully, we get uh, good weather. I believe yeah. it's April 16th. 16th, I, I believe, will conclude yeah. the spring practices. Yeah. So, hopefully, we we see you, some of you guys there. I'm going to actually try to make it up there. Cheeto, you should come get a visit. I'm trying I'm to do my best, to, man. You know, trying to get a, a, a commitment from Cheeto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't need him to sign a letter of intent yet. Right. I can, I can get the right now. <laughs> right now, he's warm. Right now, yeah. he's warm. <laughs> So the crystal ball saying he's got thing. he's got Chris on his top three, yeah. so I'm trying to like I'm trying to sway him away from whatever. Uh, that speaking of just uh, just some casual friends, talk. Did you have a good weekend in Savannah? I saw yeah. you got, getting it up. Yeah, it was a good time at Savannah. Um, again, like I, I was telling Chris, like you know, last time I went was maybe 10, 10 years. No, maybe even more than ten plus years ago. But like, yeah. No, definitely like 20 years. Like it was like field trips and stuff like back in the day. But to go to a city yeah. like Savannah with the 21 plus factor and to go mm. during St. Patty's where the energy, the whole city is, you know, into this one event and it being St. Patty's Day, like it yeah. was it wasn't too it wasn't too crowded, uh, but the locals were je- definitely having a great time and, and we did too. Now that drive from from where I'm at, about six hours is not the Ooh. best, but it's a straight shot you know you once you get on what i think it's like 16 like it's it's a straight shot so it's mind numbing mind numbing but it's not terrible so i mean we had a good time i stayed just a couple days i think they just got back yesterday so they they put, oh, in, wow. some, they put in some work so yeah um, yeah it was, it was a lot of fun man it was a lot of fun i, I appreciate <laughs> you asking <laughs> oh good to hear maybe it'll be the next trip will be in athens for the g-day yeah we really uh, do need to put something together if not oh. just for g-day Bringing it back to the Falcons, I don't know if you saw this, you may have, but dogs, Falcons connection, I love it when a dog plays for the Falcons. A lot of times it's guys that end up cut on the practice squad. You're right. But Lorenzo Carter is going back to the state of Georgia. You're right. He uh, was popping it off towards the end of the season. The Falcons saw that. I think, you know, anytime it's a – you know, a value add when you can draft a guy from Georgia. There's so many guys from Georgia going to be good, productive guys. Yeah, it doesn't have to be yeah, a homer you know? thing. Like they're good <laughs> exactly. football players. Like, and and some of these guys for me, I mean, it's it's because I'm familiar. But if I'm a GM, if I'm in the state, I would be familiar too. You got all these second round, third round picks. Guys like George Pickens are going to be in that second and third round yes. potentially. We got yes. some high level guys going to fall into that just because. You know, you saw it with Jermaine Johnson. He's a guy that didn't get enough touches, goes to Florida State, is the ACC player of the year, certified for a Boom. Shrimper now. Yeah, our depth chart is crazy with talent. So how many guys would be like that who are going to be in those second and third round brackets who are truly, you know, if they played at uh, 
a Georgia Tech or a Florida State or any ACC school, <laughs> they would be a or first Michigan. Or if they played yeah. in Michigan, that a big like, mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like we we already show what they're good players, but like come down here and play with us. Yeah, not, not so not so good film on that. That's not what you're showing scouts. <laughs> the Georgia game, exactly. I promise you that. So so yeah, I mean it is what it is. But uh, hopefully again. I bag on the Falcons all the time, but they do have an opportunity to uh, really boost this roster with nine picks. Go find depth. Go find offensive line talent, defense, whatever it is you need. Address those issues now. You can get a quarterback later because Marcus Mariota ain't going to be it. I'll tell you that right now. Dog Nation, I appreciate y'all joining us today. Falcons fans, you know we got to keep it a buck with you. And as always, you know what it is. Off the leash. Dogs. Do it for the dogs. Do it for the dogs. I do it for the dogs. Do it for the dogs.